When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Bowl Nets podcast. We are back with another brand new episode of the hoopball nets podcast this is week four in a row the consistency kings back at it again um we got the nets actually played basketball for the first time in a long time so and actually this is the first iteration of this nets team that we'll be able to see so uh, it was a good good preseason game. Can't wait to get into that. Uh, but before we do, make sure you subscribe to the Hoopball Nets podcast on the Apple Podcast app. Leave a five-star rating and review because all reviews will get right on the podcast. So if you have any questions for us, you can ask them in the form of a five-star review and we will read them and answer them here on the podcast. Or you can ask us questions on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at HoopballNets. And uh, yeah, like I said, ask us any questions, give us any constructive criticism, show us some love. We are we're appreciative of it all. Appreciative of it all. Um, if you are listening on Spotify, follow and download the podcast because that's basically like leaving a review on the Apple Podcast app. It does a lot for our podcast and for us, and it takes you like twenty seconds. So please, please, please go out and do that. Um, uh, gotta get my little personal plug in. Uh, Subscribe to the Run It Up podcast on the Apple Podcast app as well as Spotify. Uh, that's my own personal podcast where I talk about sports and I have some pretty cool guests on as well. The last episode was me and my girlfriend talking about basically everything that has to do with relationships, interracial couples, like basically just chatting. And uh, so, yeah, if you rock with me, go subscribe to the Run It Up podcast and give it a listen. Um, and uh, yeah, huge, huge, huge shout out to uh, mybookie.ag. I hope you guys feasted on the MyBookie Turkey Day free play that allowed users to grab themselves a risk-free bet of up to $250. It was basically a free shot at trying to double your money. If you didn't get in on that, what are you doing? Seriously, now is the time to get some skin in the game with MyBookie, where odds boosts, lightning deals, and free bets await all season long. And with the NFL playoffs right around the corner, we know who these teams are, we know what they're capable of, and it's not difficult to find some value in these lines. Whether you're a first-time customer or have been playing with MyBookie for years, there's no shortage of value to be found in the thousands of game lines, unique prop bets, and contests that they offer every week. Sign up or get reloaded today, find an edge, make your bet, and get paid. 
They also boast a fully fledged casino platform, giving you access to all the classic table, slot, and card games you'd expect to find at your local spot. And the best part is, at MyBookie, the doors never close, so you can continue to build your bankroll even after the stadium lights have gone out. Make the right play and sign up today at MyBookie. And when you do, use promo code HOOPBALL, that's H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L, to get your deposit matched halfway all the way up to 1000 bucks. The terms are simple. You put in 200 they'll match you with another 100 in your account. If you are already planning to bet this season, this is literally free betting money. It's winning season at my bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it with promo code HOOPBALL. Boom. And so with that, I feel like I've just talked for the last 20 minutes. So, um, Hunter, how are you doing today, my boy? I'm good. Uh, You know, it's snowing like crazy over here in Queens. So I stayed inside today. Work shut down the rest of the week. So staying in. Yeah, it's snowing. It's going to we're There's some parts of New York that are getting like 30 inches or something like that. Uh, it's a literal about snow is yeah. what it's going to come down to. It's going to be crazy. It, is it still snowing right now? Like at this point in time, I think, yes. I can't see out my window from where I'm sitting, but I think it's still yeah. snowing. Um, but yeah, so we're having a good old snow day podcast episode. We usually record on Thursdays, but, uh, since we're, we literally were both like, what are we doing? We might as well just record now because like we said, it's a snow day. We can't go anywhere anyway. So yeah, the Nets, they played preseason basketball against the Wizards and, uh, it was glorious. Um, it was the first time. It was nice to see KD back on the court. Like people could people could dislike him for going to the Warriors as much as they want, you know. He became most hated in the league very fast. But you you gotta enjoy watching his game always. Yeah, I mean he's one of he, the he's, he's uh by far one of the best players on the planet. So yeah, if you don't enjoy watching Kevin Durant, you don't enjoy uh basketball. But uh yeah, the Nets we won. Uh, we won. We beat the Wizards 119 to 114 in one of our two preseason games. The next one comes up on Friday against the Celtics, which should also be a good one because it's both teams' last game before the regular season starts. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if you watched the game, but um, the game actually ended with the Nets being up one, and uh, Chris Chios actually hit a dagger three pointer. With uh, limited time left on the clock, uh, under ten seconds, I believe. Yeah, and that is how the. That's why the Nets signed back Chris Chios. I mean, he consistently proves every time he's on the court that he deserved to be on an NBA roster. So, I'm not surprised. One deal in eight minutes. So. Yeah, I'm not surprised. He made limited time. Yeah, Chris Chioza, uh, one of the underrating signings for the Nets this offseason. Well, re-signings for the Nets this offseason. Um, just going over the game itself, uh, if we look at the Wizards, rookie. So I don't know how to say my boy's last name. Denny, how do you say it? Is it Avdija? I know. I, I think it's Denny Avdija. Like it's Avdija, I think. Okay. Because I, I, I always want to say Avdija, but I'm, I think it's Avdija. I was saying Avdija, but then I heard them pronouncing it on the Yes Network, and if their pronunciation is right, it was Avdija. Okay, so Denny Avdija. If that's not yeah, right, I, if, that's how 
that's how they were saying it. I and Eagle and the, the Yes Network crew. I don't know if that's right, but I'll say that and trust them until proven otherwise. Got you. So if anyone listening to this, actually, if we're saying it wrong, you know how to pronounce it, please hit us up because I would love to know how you actually pronounce Danny's name. Um, he was he was really good. He was really, really good in his uh, his preseason or his NBA debut. Really, uh, he started for the Wizards at uh, what forward power forward, maybe small forward, one of the forward spots. Well, should he should be starting at small forward next to Westbrook and Beal? So yeah, he started for the uh, started for the Wizards. Um, he played 24 minutes. It was the second most on the entire team, behind only Raul Neto. Um, he had 15 points, uh, two assists, four rebounds. Was three for three from beyond the arc, so he knocked down all of his triples and uh, six for six from the field. So the man literally didn't miss a shot. He was he was as good as you could be in your first NBA game. So uh looks like he has a bright future there with the Wizards. Um I, I'm not what that game showed me. I mean I'm I'm aware that it's preseason, but uh with Bryant, Hachimura, Troy Brown, Avdija, Mo Wagner, Isaac Bonga, like adding Westbrook and Beal to that roster, I believe they can compete for the play-in tournament. No, I I definitely with Westbrook and Beal, two of the NBA's top twenty-five to thirty players, like you're always gonna have a chance. Like I'm never gonna count you out. But I saw some people saying that like they could be a Eastern Conference Finals contender. I just don't see any realm I, in which, like experience will help with both Beal and Westbrook who have both been to conference finals before but no Beal has been to the semifinals and was eliminated by Isaiah Thomas and the Celtics but um they both have playoff experience and I do think it'll help them like over a team like the Hawks maybe that other than Rondo and I guess Gallinari lack overall experience. So having Westbrook and Beal as the backcourt could prove beneficial in the long run, but I don't think they'd be much higher than a a play-in tournament team. Yeah, no, I think I'd agree. Um, I don't think they're contending for any Eastern any finals bids anytime soon, you know, like they do have a nice little young core with Denny, Rui and Thomas Bryant, uh, along with like other pieces that could end up being good, like uh, Troy Brown, uh, Isaac Bonga, Mo Wagner, you know, people like that. Jerome Robinson's another one. Davis Bertans picked him up, but I just don't think that they're 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 going to be able to hang with teams like the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Nets. Even like they're they're just not going to be able to compete with the pure talent that those teams have. So you know, uh, I definitely think that, like you said, they can compete for a a playoff bid. Um, Rui Hachimura played really well, had 18 points, four rebounds. Um, didn't really have much else when it comes to like stat sheet stuffing, but 18 and four, three or four from three team high 16 shots in 23 minutes and uh he made seven of them uh he's really he's gonna be the the third option on this team outside of beal and uh beal and westbrook so you know i I think it's possible that that avdia winds up scoring more like averaging more yes i don't know i believe so they keep him in the starting lineup Oh, it depends what his role is. If they if they keep him in the starting lineup and bring Troy Brown off the bench, 
then I believe that Denny could wind up averaging more. Personally, I, I don't know. I feel like Rui showed the Wizards a lot last year. Just because Denny's Denny's a sharpshooter, and playing next to Westbrook, he's going to get a lot of open looks at the three. So I I think he he might wind up scoring more, but depends what role they give him. If they keep Troy Brown in the starting lineup, which I believe is a mistake because Troy Brown could be like the ball handler that comes off the bench and fills the stat sheet. But um, I guess we'll see how they create their lineup around Westbrook. Yeah, um, I I think Rui is really good. Um, I I think you also think Rui is really good too. But I see why you would say Denny would would score more points than him. But if I had to put my bet, I would say Rui just because I feel like he has more rapport with the Wizards, more rapport with Beal. Like they want him to develop and you know get his get his points, get his boards, get his get his his stuff off really. So I feel like he'll be he'll be a, not a focal point in the offense, but you know they'll want him to get get going. Um. Other than that, like Thomas Bryant had ten and five. He had ten five and five, knocked down two threes. Troy Brown took the second most shots on the team with eleven. He had fourteen points. Raul Neto had seventeen, six and three. Um, and then outside of that, like off the bench, Mo Wagner had thirteen, thirteen and seven. And then uh, other than that, Garrison yeah. Matthews had ten points. I've never heard of Garrison Matthews in my life, though. Um, no, I know he played last year. He he's like he's a sharpshooter off the bench. He he's going to get some minutes um also forgetting um remember this team has Davis Bertans. Yes, they do. I think it's Davis Bertans. <laughs> uh, yes. But um I didn't remember that until I was just looking and I said sharpshooter. That that definitely will help them a lot. They they might be at the top half of that play in tournament. I think that they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't think that I've seen people call them like Eastern Conference Finals contenders, and that's just not happening. But I don't think they're bad. But I think like uh, a big seven, like lineup wise, that has Westbrook, Beal, Denny, Rui, Thomas Bryant, Troy Brown, and then Bertans is, is a. Good group, for sure. That's a playoff group. Oh, 100%. Like, they're already better than, like, the Magic, you know? <laughs> like, like, like they're going to – if the Magic made the playoffs last year, they're – Good for some reason. I don't know. I don't see it with the Magic, really, personally. Um, I think they will be a team that usually makes it that might miss this year, especially because Isaac is going to be out most of the year. So, oh, I don't yeah, really 100%. see it. I, I don't see it with them either. I think like they're better than the Cavs, Knicks, Bulls, uh, Magic, like Pistons. Like they're they're better than. That's already, well, that's already right there at at ninth seed at worst. Exactly. So, you know, like and and, and the I'll, Hawks really better than the Hawks. Opinion, but they could also be better than the Pacers. I don't Personally. know. I uh, feel like the Pacers are kind of like. I'm not on like I guess it depends what Oladipo we see he had a whole offseason to get healthy again so it's it's all on him like Malcolm Brogdon will be there and Sabonis will be there but it's what Oladipo shows up and will Miles Turner ever take a step forward yeah no I something about the Pacers just always seems off to me like 
they always just kind of excuse my language, but they always just kind of seem like a shit show. Like, I don't know what it is. Like, they just always seem super discombobulated and just t- sank whenever it, it, like big moments come. So I could definitely see them being better than the Pacers too, but they do have Victor Oladipo. And, and honestly, I'm not even going to give Victor Oladipo that much because he hasn't been super duper good in a while. So, you know, uh, they, the Pacers very well could not be better than the, the Wizards, but I guess we'll see. Um, when it comes to the Nets, we had a lot of a lot of good performances. Uh, t- it, one in particular, uh, Kyrie Irving, he proved yet again that he's just immaculate. Uh, started at point guard. Before we even go, the, the Nets started Kyrie, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, KD, DeAndre Jordan. Karis LeVert uh, didn't play because he was dealing with the knee injury, but we'll get into that later. But yeah, Kyrie, he was 7 for 9 from the field in 17 minutes. He was on fire, knocked down two of his three triples. Uh, he had 18 four assists, one rebound, and he was just incredible. Uh, Kevin Durant, his first. So Kevin Durant. Um, yeah, he shot five of 12 and didn't knock down either of his threes, but he was very aggressive on both ends of the floor. He actually wound up taking a charge during the game, which people were like, he didn't play since the finals two seasons ago. And he comes back in a preseason game and takes a charge. Like that's what separates good and great. Like personally, that's, and, and, I'm not going to completely knock him, but that's what separates him to me from from someone like Harden. Yes, Harden takes charges and plays hard, but if you watched their preseason game the other day, he took a pass from Denwell House off the chest and just stared at it as it was on the floor in front of him because he he visibly does not care anymore. Yeah, I mean... That, to me, separates great from elite stars from superstars i just no matter if you if you can't get traded then just don't play if that's how you're gonna play yeah no i i agree i think harden and i'm down with the player empowerment i just think harden it's it's just a lot for him you know like he's just he's going through it right now bam there get hit in the chest with the pass and just stare at the ball on the floor like yeah, it, it's it's rough. I, I I it's very clear that he wants out. Um, I think he and I think the Rockets are willing to trade him. I just don't think that they're gonna get destroyed in a like they have no reason to trade him. He has no leverage. Like he has three years left on his deal. It's not like an AD situation where he was leaving regardless. You know, so you might as well get something for him. It wasn't like a Kawhi where it was the same thing. You know, like yeah, so what they see as proper compensation, they're not gonna move him. I like they did you see the report that they asked the Sixers for three first round picks and Ben Simmons? That's yeah, crazy. Nah, like, <laughs> like First of all, I don't know why if you're that team you'd want Ben Simmons if you have John Wall. That that just doesn't work. No. That it that doesn't. doesn't work at all. It doesn't. Neither does Embiid. So get away from them and just go straight for Tyler Harrow. It's literally the only – it's either the Nets or Tyler Hero. I don't see another option other than those two. Yeah. And it's not going to be just Hero. 
you're going to need hero, none, and picks. But that's a lot more reasonable and fair for both sides than going for Ben Simmons, where it's not going to work for the Rockets. Going for the Bucks, where what are they going to give up? Newly signed, I mean, newly acquired Drew Holiday and Middleton, so that they have nothing other than Harden and Giannis. It it, it doesn't make sense. Do you think Harden is going to be a Rocket by the trade deadline? If you had to, yes. if you had to put a guess on it now, yes. What? Why? What makes you say that? I don't think that anyone's going to crack and overpay. And if they start winning early in the season, and and John Wall gets him invested, I, I think that he'll. I think that he'll recant his request. Yeah, it, it, I don't know. I feel like things are just too far gone at this point. Like, even if they were the one seed in the West at the trade deadline, I feel like Harden would still want to go. I just, I just feel I mean, like he just today he said, "If I'm not moved, my focus is on being here." So, like, yeah. yeah, of course he has to say that, but I think if he sees a, like a real roster around him that he likes then there's a chance that he will stay. But, I, I mean, regardless, if he's if he's there at the deadline, I don't think he moves at the deadline. I think he'd move in the offseason. Yeah, I could, I could see that. I just the, – the thing is, like I said, I, he just doesn't have much leverage. Like, unless you're going to hold out and just not play, which would only lose you money, like, that's – there's no real reason for the Rockets to trade him. Like, he's suiting up. He's going to still contribute to the team. Like, he's going to drop 30. Like, he's not going to let his personal individual stats go down. So, you know, you're still going to get those out of him. And and so why would you give him up? Like, he still has three years. It's not like you're getting a, like you're giving up a rental. Three years on a contract is a lot. By the time that contract is over, he'll be probably heading into probably his last big contract. So, and that's Harden. Maybe he doesn't have it all by in three years from now, you know, like teams have to take that into account. It's not like they're trading for a super young guy. Like how old is James? Isn't he past his thirties or actually 30? I'm really not sure. 30. I I believe he's at 30 years old. He's 31. He's 31. So at the end of Harden's current contract, he'll be like 34, heading on 35. Like, that's... No one's going to give... They might give him max money, but they're not going to give him max years. He might see a a two-year with max money. Exactly. But I don't think he'll have... I think he's on his last max contract. Which is crazy to think about, but but yeah, um, that that was our our quick thoughts on Harden. I feel like we talk about him every episode, but it's really the biggest NBA story around right now. Everyone's just waiting to see what happens with Harden. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, KD was super aggressive. He was he took the most shots on the Nets. Uh, he was a little rusty. Um, looking at his shot chart right now, four of his what seven shots, four of his seven made shots came from or how many? One, two, three, four, five. Did he make five shots? Yeah. So four of his five shots came from in the paint, and then the only other shot he made was uh was like a mid range pull up on Rui Hachimura. Uh, he missed both of his three point attempts. Like, but he's still getting back into the rhythm of things. Like, oh, like we said, it's been over five hundred days since he's played um since he played basketball professionally. So you know, and and he still was able to look like an incredible player. So once he gets back into the rhythm of things, it's going to be scary. Um, outside of KD, you know, 
Um, yeah, we've got our guy Torian Prince. He uh, he played 22 minutes tonight. Uh, he and Landry Shamit played the most minutes off the bench. Um, Torian had 11 minutes. He really didn't do much else outside of score the ball. He was uh, 3 of 4 from 3 and 3 for 5 from the field. And then Landry Shamit on the other end, uh, he did what he does best, shoot the rock. Uh, he was 3 of 5 from the 3-point line, had 13 points, 3 rebounds. And, uh, yeah. Jeff Green played 16 minutes. Reggie Perry played 16 minutes. He had five points, seven rebounds. Uh, our guy, Timothy Luawu Cabarro, he played 19 minutes. He had 11 points, one of three from the field, three of five from the, uh, from the, no, one of three from the three point line, three of five from the field. And then like Tyler Johnson and Chris Chioza, they got some minutes as well. Uh, both put up around, well, Tyler Johnson put up five, Chris Chioza put up eight. And, uh, yeah, the, the main, focal points of this this game were uh kd and Kyrie, and us getting a chance to look at them together um that just looking at the way the game was played like you can tell that this group of guys hasn't been together for a while i just like multiple plays when you can go back and look at the game you can just look up the highlights on nba.com and you'll see like there were times when just kind of like they don't know what spots each other likes to stand on on the floor. For example, like there was this time when Kyrie was dribbling the ball up the court, isolation. Uh, KD goes to the right corner and like Spencer Dinwiddie's still coming up the court, heading into the right corner. And KD's like, yo, bro, like move to the wing. Like you can visibly see him be like, yo, get up out of here. But that like that just comes with time, like knowing where each guy likes to stand knowing where your preferred spot is, just meshing on offense. Like, by midseason, those type of things should be ironed out. But this was literally these, like, this group of guys first time playing actual professional basketball in a game setting together. So, you know, that'll come once they start to get into the regular season. And we might, we'll probably even see uh, upgrades on it in the second preseason game. So, we'll see. Um, one, one thing I say, and, and, I don't know if you agree. It seems like the the person who will take the biggest hit this season in terms of production and minutes is Jared Allen. I I do agree. Like I believe he will split minutes with Jordan again, but I believe his role is literally going to be rebounding and blocking shots and and it's like it's not going to be like as as high as it was. I, last season i think i believe the numbers will be down overall his role will be down and they're just gonna rely on jordan more i think um i think it comes down to especially in the late game lineups like who kd and Kyrie trust to be out there and i don't think they'll always run a five like i could see them playing small ball with kd at the five but when they do run a five especially in like clothing closing lineups i think it'll come down to who kd and Kyrie trust to be on the court and i feel like that person is deandre jordan that's why they bought him there um so yeah i agree i think jared allen is definitely going to take a hit because his role is significantly maybe not significantly but very visibly going to decrease now with kd and Kyrie in the game um last season especially after they shut down Kyrie, like the nets really weren't competing for a championship so you know let jared allen get loose let him play more minutes than he typically would but now you know like the nets are competing for a championship they have championship aspirations so 
having DeAndre Jordan out there, if that's who KD and Kyrie feel like gives him the best chance to win the game, no matter whether he's playing 25 minutes, 28 minutes, 16 minutes, like he's going to be out there more often than not because, you know, that's that's your star player's guy. So uh, I I definitely agree. I think Jared Allen is going to take a hit. Um, Karis LeVert, our guy, our man's. Uh, he did not play in this one. Uh, he had a, a little knee injury, but nothing too crazy. He said he said it's nothing nothing wild. He should be back good for the regular season. But um, we, we want to talk about some Steve Nash comments now because Karis might. You would think that Karis Levert would end up starting, but Steve Nash came out and said that you know uh, Karis is a starter, like he's a starting caliber NBA player, but he might not start on this team, not because of talent, but because Steve Nash wants him to come off the bench in sort of like a Manu Ginobili role is what he described it as. And, you know, Karras, of course, said that he's going to embrace the challenge, but you know, like Manu Ginobili in his time with the Spurs, he made multiple all-star games, one six man of the year, but he was kind of like that, that secret weapon that the Spurs had would come off the bench initiate the offense and you know just kind of get things going and give them a punch off the bench and also close games as well which I feel like is the important thing like it doesn't matter who's starting especially for a team like the Nets where they have the firepower to just kick any team and get them get them up out of there regardless of who's starting it matters who's in your closing lineup and I feel like that closing lineup is undoubtedly going to have Karras in it because he's one of your three three to four best players you know like um, in, in the, like, for, well, for well, question, if they have to choose between Dinwiddie and Karras to close the game, do you think he plays it by hot hand or do you think he'll always have like a, a set lineup? See, that's one of the things where, you know, like we don't, we don't know what kind of coach Steve Nash is yet. So we would be able to answer that better in like five months but off the dome i feel like he would go hot hand like because i don't think he because if has 12 points on on five of five shooting but lavert has 14 on four of 14 he might close it with dinwiddie who didn't miss a shot no yeah i agree i don't think i don't think the skill gap between dinwiddie and lavert is that different for you to not go hot hand you know I mean, there there could be games if the other team isn't a tall team that they wind up using both of them and finishing with Kyrie, Lavert, Dinwiddie, Harris, and KD as their five. Yeah, or something like that. I could a hundred percent see that. Um, yeah, I think I think once we know what kind of coach Steve Nash is, we'll be able to like really dive into those type of things. But if I had to guess now, I'd say he goes hot hand. Um, Karras off the bench could be good for his development, could be bad. I don't personally, I haven't decided what I, what side of the defense I want to go on yet. Um, we've seen what he can do as a, a point guard and like running the, running the offense, which he, which is what he would be doing with the second unit. Um, in the bubble, they played 10 games. Karras averaged 23.1 points, 5.4 rebounds, and 7.8 assists. Was an amazing point guard. In the playoffs, even though they got swept by the Raptors in the first round, he averaged 20.3 points and 9.5 assists, almost averaged a double-double when he's primarily a shooting guard. I think he proved to Steve Nash that, you know, he he is capable of being the point guard and running the offense. And I think 
if we're if we're just talking about facilitating an offense, I think he's better at that than Spencer Dinwiddie, which is the which is what I think goes into his decision to to start Dinwiddie and bring Karras off the bench. Because in the past, it's been Dinwiddie off the bench as like the the point guard off the uh, off the bench running the offense, but. I think Karras would do a better job at that. Uh, averaging 9.5 assists isn't easy, especially against a team like the Raptors and a coach like Nick Nurse. So, you know, I think he he proved himself worthy. Um, but no, do you think Karras coming off the bench would like help his development, hurt it? What, what do you think? Um, honestly, it it depends, again, what type of coach Steve Nash is because if he does what we said and decides that a lot of times he wants to have one of Kyrie or KD on the court, then I don't think it will matter whether he starts or not because then he's not going to have much time to control the ball for himself, which if that's better for the Nets to win, then that's what Steve Nash has to do. But if there's times he subs out both Kyrie and KD and lets, lets Levert have even five minutes to himself, then – I think that role will be beneficial running a bench lineup that includes like Shamit and Jared Allen and Torian Prince with him like that'll that'll be better than most benches across the NBA and let let Karis work and get his his game going because when he's on the court with KD and Kyrie he's not going to be much more than an off the ball scorer probably yeah, no, I I agree. Um, I think it I think it could help and hurt. Like like kind of like you said, I think it'll give him valuable experience playing with with other players that aren't like playing with the best players on the court is easy. You know, like you you can just you don't really have to to do anything that's gonna make you better as a player because those guys are gonna do all the hard heavy lifting. Like playing with Kyrie and KD, things are gonna come easy for Karis. But putting him on the bench and giving him the responsibility of, you know, like creating the offense, running the offense, being the focal point of, 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 of that group of that unit of guys and being the best player on the team on the court at that time, what can really only help him. I feel like, and, and I don't think he has one of those attitudes. In fact, I know he doesn't have one of those attitudes where it's like, you know, I should be starting. I need to start because like Karis will em- embrace the challenge. Um, He's he's been really good for a good while now and hasn't been getting super a lot of recognition. So, you know, I, I don't think he's one of those divas that needs to be in the starting lineup. I think he'll embrace this this role off the bench if that is what Steve Nash decides to do. And uh, I think he'll flourish in it, to be honest. And then at the end of the day, it will make him a better player. Um, I guess now we can touch on Giannis. Uh Giannis signed. He's the highest paid player in all of NBA history. He signed a five-year, $228.2 million deal. Uh, it was an extension with the Bucks. He had like four days until the deadline. Um, and this was alongside Harden, probably one of the biggest underlying stories in the NBA right now, whether or not Giannis would resign. And he did. He ended up resigning. The Bucks have him for the next five years. That shuts down any Heat talk, any Raptors talk, any Lakers talk, even though it became impossible when they resigned AD and LeBron. And, uh, yeah, uh, what, what do you think about Giannis' signing? I mean, it's not the best news for the Nets, but, I mean, regardless, I don't think it would have 
have mattered because I believe the only other teams that could have possibly gotten him would have been the Heat or maybe the Raptors. I don't think that there was a, a West team that could have made a run at him that would have been successful. So regardless, he would have wound up in the East. And we already – we've never seen what the Bucks can do with Drew Holiday. But, I mean, this is about as good as their team is going to get. So if the Nets are able to beat them this season, then Giannis staying on the Bucks shouldn't be a problem with for them as long as they have Kyrie and KD. Yeah, um, I think I think it's good for Giannis. Great, uh, I I'm hyped for Bucks fans, but also like just because he signed the five year deal doesn't mean he'll be there for five years. Um, you know, players especially today request trades very very often. Um, especially stars like we see with Harden right now, AD. You know, guys like that. If Giannis isn't difficult, it's difficult to trade someone though that will now be making 50 plus million in the last two years of his deal true that's true and plus it's like a- yeah he's very, he'll be in his prime at the end of that deal but that will destroy anyone's cap so they're gonna have to match whatever salary he's making that's true that's 100 percent true i was just saying it more along the realms of like don't the Bucks can't get complacent now that they have Giannis signed to this five year deal? Like, yes, your biggest domino has fallen. You've got Giannis for these five years, but you have to make if you want him for the next five, you've gotta you've gotta win. They need to win the chip in these next five years, or else there's no way Giannis is staying. Because like this was him giving them. They do. What'd you say? Because they have Day and Chris Middleton and Brooke Lopez still, but. They don't have any cap flexibility so or or assets to move since they gave everything away for Drew Holiday. So if they can't win with this team, like what do they do? They they do they waste the next four years of Giannis's prime because and that's what I'm saying. Like there's no way he's gonna wanna stay if in the next three to four years they haven't they still haven't won. Like, they've been the number one seed in the East now for two straight years and have yet to make the finals. Like, that, that something has got to be said about that. If they come up short, this, and things were as easy as they're going to get last year. Because now you have to deal with, if you couldn't deal with Jimmy Butler and Bam, there's no way you're dealing with KD and Kyrie. Like, come on. So, and not that's not to say Giannis can't. Players in the East are just getting better. All of them, Ben Simmons and Embiid, Tatum and Brown, they're a year older they get, better they get. So they're wasting time, and they didn't take advantage while those players were young and not at their prime yet. And don't forget about Trey Young. Trey Young is he he's not going to be out the playoffs for much longer. And and so like the like like if they can't win soon. It's not going to be good for them. And, and I still don't think they're a better team than the Nets. I think the Nets are still the second best team in the NBA. I think they're by far the best team in the East. Like, I I just think that everything is setting up for a Lakers-Nets finals, a LeBron versus Kyrie rematch, a LeBron versus KD rematch. And I think it's going to be a, an amazing series. Um, look at me talking about the finals when the season hasn't even started yet. But that's what that's what it's set up for. But remember, the Heat made the finals last year, so that's true. You 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 never really know what can happen. 
That's and true. But the Heat made the finals. The Heat made the finals because Jimmy Butler was amazing and the Bucks collapsed. I don't see a realm in which KD, and barring injury, like, that's the second. Like, KD is KD. Like, if he's healthy, I, there's no one in the East that's, that's doing him like that. I'm sorry. And that's the difference between KD and Giannis. Like, he's not getting done dirty like that by the Heat. It's just not happening. And so It will more be... The Heat's veteran supporting cast can will they outplay the Nets cast? Like Dinwiddie and Karras haven't been that deep into the playoffs yet, so when they get there and they're playing Drogic and Hero, who did it last year, will they be able to match them? I, I mean, that's that's what we gotta that's what we gotta listen up and and see. That's 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 the biggest question because coming in. Hold his own on KD. Like yes, we know KD is better, but Jimmy Butler will will show up and will hold his own. He will, he will. He he did against LeBron. He did. Jimmy Butler can guard anyone on the planet, but the Nets are the better team. I'm sorry, like the Heat are nice. Yeah, they are both equally deep, but the Nets are just more talented because of how top heavy they are. I also think that not like I don't want to just discount the Heat because they also have the advantage at coach. Like Eric Spolstra is a top three, top two, if not the best coach in the NBA, compared coach to a and Spolster because Bam, Bam is going to make DeAndre and Jared Allen have to move a hundred percent move up. Um, and so Steve Nash coming into his first year might have a tough tough chess battle on his hands but but we'll see um before we get into our next topic i just want to give a huge 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 shout out to manscaped support for the hoopball nets podcast comes from manscaped who is the best in men's below the belt grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels um untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past it's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season i'm talking about the manscaped perfect package 3.0 that's why this revolutionary company manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin safe technology so this trimmer cuts on your nuts it's also waterproof so you can use it in the shower the lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new perfect package 3.0 which makes for the perfect gift this holiday season it's literally everything you need to keep trimmed cut free and smelling nice down there uh the manscaped perfect package 3.0 also includes a crop preserver which is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer as well as uh the crop preserver which is basically a uh Oh, nope, psych. As well as the Crop Reviver, which also does something similar. All these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help set the mood if you know what I mean. The Perfect Package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to Manscaped. So go get yourself, your dad, your brother, your boyfriend, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at Manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. And the last thing on our docket today, um, something small. So on KD's podcast a couple months ago, I think it was during the summer, probably like two, three months ago, Kyrie said, you know, 
that he doesn't think that the Nets really are going to have a head coach this season. That was right after they they inked Steve Nash, and he didn't mean any disrespect yeah, by it. Yeah, we spoke about that too. It was more, it was more about how like uh, Steve Nash has a lot of adjusting to do, and he's going to learn from the guys who have been around the league for a while. Exactly. So it wasn't and really a dig at Steve. He didn't exactly word it well. No, n- not at all. Like, it- it's very easy to come off as, like, a Steve Nash sucks as a head coach. But that's not what he meant. Um, And so after practicing with Steve Nash and after, you know, the preseason game, Kyrie bought those comments back. He said that he's definitely going to have to take back the comments of them not having a head coach. Um, You know, I think that showed a lot of respect for Steve Nash. You know, he didn't have to say that. Uh, I don't think a lot of people really remembered because I know it slipped my mind until he said it. And I was like, oh, yeah, he did say that. So, you know, that that that's good of Kyrie to, you know, build some rapport between him and Steve Nash. They, they were already cool outside of it. But, you know, in a coach and player type of relationship, it's good to build some rapport. And uh, and uh, yeah, I, I think that that was a great, great little gesture from Kyrie. Um, what do you think about it, Hunter? Well, I mean. I still think Steve Nash has adjusting to do. The NBA game, I mean, he played in the NBA for a long time, yes, but coaching the NBA game is is a lot different than anything if you've never done it before. Like Examples are college coaches that tried to transition to the NBA and it took them a long time. It's the same thing with playing and coaching. Like Jason Kidd had a tough time adjusting. When Rick Pitino went to the NBA, he had a tough time adjusting. Like it's, it's not an easy thing to coach, especially with how different the NBA plays today compared to when Steve Nash was playing himself. Like he won MVP averaging just eighteen points. Today, MVPs average about thirty, and like offense moves faster, threes are taken more frequently. It's a different game. Yes, of course he's been watching it and he sees what the difference in the game is. But coaching that game and strategizing for that game is is going to take him time to learn, which is why having having other people who have coached before on his staff will help him a lot. No, I I 100 percent agree. Um, Yeah, I think he's built his staff with that in mind, knowing that like like knowing his own weaknesses and what they will be in his own inexperiences. He was able to build his staff with people that will complement things that maybe he doesn't know very well and you know i think he'll compliment those guys that he added because he will bring a, a certain pizzazz or a certain knowledge that people that haven't played the game don't have you know and so so i think that coaching staff that they put together will work out really well hopefully for the for the sake of the team and uh and uh, yeah, we're, we're going to get up out of here. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Hoopball Nets podcast. Uh, by the time we record next, I think it'll be like right before their, the, the season starts. Or maybe the season will have started by then. I don't know what exact day it is. So so we'll see. We'll see. But if the season has started by then, we'll obviously be going over their very first game. And uh, if not, we'll just go over their next preseason game against the Celtics on Friday. So make sure you guys tune into that. Follow the Hoopball Nets Twitter at Hoopball Nets. You can follow me and Hunter on Twitter. I'm at Najee Adams underscore Hunter is Hunter Hunter underscore JKR. Um, leave a five star rating and review on the Apple Podcast app and uh, subscribe and follow as well as download on the Spotify app. Uh, before we get up out of here, Hunter, your letter is T. Tristan Thompson, newly signed Boston Celtic. Let's go. And with that, 
We'll talk to you guys next week. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.